presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. live Idaho Reports inauguration special. I'm joined today by Andy Brunel, former staffer for Governor Cecil Andrus and Secretary of State Pete Santarusa, as well as Dave Leroy, former Attorney General and Lieutenant Governor. We're going to go live now to the inauguration, which is just about to kick off at the Idaho State House. Let's listen in. Citizens of Idaho, good afternoon and welcome to the State of Idaho's 49th inaugural ceremony. I am Major General Michael Garshak, the Adjutant General for Idaho and Commander of the Idaho National Guard. It is my honor to serve as your Master of Ceremonies for today's event. It is now my pleasure to introduce your elected officials. The Superintendent of Public Instruction, the Honorable Debbie Durham Critchfield and her husband Dave. The Attorney General, the Honorable Raul Rafael Labrador and his wife Rebecca. The State Treasurer, the Honorable Julie A. Ellsworth, and her husband, Maurice. The State Controller, the Honorable Brandon D. Wolf, and his wife, Jana Lee. The Secretary of State, the Honorable Phil McGrain and his wife, Angela. The Lieutenant Governor, the Honorable Scott Conrad Bedke and his wife, Sarah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the governor of the great state of Idaho, the Honorable Brad Little and his wife, Teresa. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. We are extremely honored to have in attendance the following special guests. United States Senator, the Honorable James E. Grish and his wife, Vicki. <laughs> Representing Senator Mike Crapo, Parker Harrell. Representing Congressman Rutch, Russ Fulcher is Mr. Dirk Mendive. <laughs> Senate President Pro Tem of Idaho, the Honorable Chuck Winder and his wife Diane. <laughs> Senate Minority Leader, the Honorable Melissa Wintrow. and all other members of the Idaho Senate. We have the Speaker of the House of Representatives of Idaho, the Honorable Mike Moyle and his wife, Janet. And all other members of the Idaho House of Representatives. And we are also privileged to have three former governors with, and their wives with us today. The 30th Governor of Idaho, the Honorable Dirk Kempthorne and his wife, Patricia. The 31st Governor of Idaho, the Honorable James E. Grish and his wife, Vicki. And the 32nd Governor of Idaho, the Honorable C.L. Butch Otter and his wife, Lori. Also with us today are members of the Idaho Supreme Court, the Honorable Chief Justice G. Richard Bevin and Honorable Justices Robin Brody, John Stegner, Gregory Moeller, and Colleen Zahn. We welcome the members of, I of the Idaho Court of Appeals, the Honorable Chief Judge Jessica Lorello, and Honorable Judges David Gratton, Molly Husky, and Amanda Brailsford. Also with us today, representing the Shoshone Paiute Tribe, Chairman Brian Mason and Ms. Lucinda Gonzalez. <laughs> representing the Shoshone Bannock Tribe, Councilman Lad Edmo and Mrs. Shaylin Kellogg. <laughs> and representing the Nez Perce Tribe, Vice Chairman Shannon Wheeler and Councilwoman Rachel Edwards. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the presentation of our national and state colors by the Idaho National Guard Joint Color Guard and remain standing 
for the singing of the national anthem by Second Lieutenant Rodrigo Cortez, the Pledge of Allegiance led by Lieutenant Governor Bedke, and the invocation offered by Bishop Jose Terrican. Host the colors. Follow me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Order. All right. God of love and light. On this solemn day, when we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, when the light of God removes the darkness in this world, we stand before you with humility and hope, 
imploring your blessings upon Mr. Bradley J. Little as he takes the office of the governor of Idaho, and Scott Bedke as the lieutenant governor, and the legislators and their leadership team. You have blessed our land with hardworking women and men in the farms, factories, and financial institutions from all faiths and persuasions. May the leaders of our state be blessed with the wisdom of Solomon, the goodness of David, the gifts of saints Peter and Paul, that they may form a community that works for justice and equality. When they have conflicts, may they rise above them, that they may find common ground to eradicate homelessness and hunger and meet healthcare needs of our people that will take us into the future as a healthy community. Lead us, Lord, in finding ways to build trust in communities that we may respect the dignity of all people, regardless of their origin, orientation, or religious affiliation. Give our Governor Little, Lieutenant Governor Bedke, legislators, judiciary, law enforcement officers, and all in government services an ever greater measure of understanding as they address issues to keep us safe. We pray all these with humility and gratitude for the gift of life and liberty in the name of thy holy name. Amen. Please be seated. It is now my pleasure to present the Honorable G. Richard Bevin, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the State of Idaho. Chief Justice Bevin will administer the oath of office to the elected officials. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Debbie Durham Critchfield, her husband David, and son Gannon, who will sponsor her for the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction. Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Debbie Critchfield, who having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of, of, the oath of office as superintendent of public instruction for the state of Idaho. Please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Deborah Durham Critchfield. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And that I will faithfully discharge. And that I will faithfully discharge. The duties of the office. The duties of the office. Of Superintendent of Public Instruction. Of Superintendent of Public Instruction. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God.
Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Raul Rafael Labrador and his wife, Rebecca, who will sponsor him for the Office of Attorney General. Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Raul Labrador, who having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of office as Attorney General for the State of Idaho. Please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Raul Rafael Labrador, do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the State of Idaho, that I will support the Constitution of the State of Idaho, that I will support the Constitution of the United States, that I will support the Constitution of the United States, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Attorney General, of the Office of Attorney General, to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability, so help me, so help me God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Julie A. Ellsworth and her husband Maurice, who will sponsor her for the Office of State Treasurer. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Julie A. Ellsworth Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Julie A. Ellsworth, who, having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of office as treasurer for the state of Idaho. Please repeat after me. I state your name. I, Julie Ellsworth, do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Idaho and the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. Of the Office of Treasurer. Of the Office of Treasurer. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Brandon D. Wolf and his daughter Bailey, who will sponsor him for the Office of State Controller. Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Brandon Wolf, who, having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of office as controller for the state of Idaho. Please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Brandon D. Wolf, do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear, that I will support the Constitution of the United States, that I will support the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of the state of Idaho, and the Constitution of the state of Idaho, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties, and that I will, that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Controller, 
of the Office of Controller. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Phil McGrain with his sons Andrew and Kennedy, who will sponsor him for the Office of Secretary of State. Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Phil McGrain who having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of office as Secretary of State for the great state of Idaho. Please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Phil McGrain. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. Of the Office of Secretary of State. Of the Office of Secretary of State. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable Scott Conrad Bedke and his wife Sarah Jones Bedke, who will sponsor him for the office of Lieutenant Governor. Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Scott Conrad Bedke, who having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of office as Lieutenant Governor for the great state of Idaho. Please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Scott Conrad Bedke. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Idaho and the Constitution of the State of Idaho and that I will faithfully discharge the duties and I, would, and I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Lieutenant Governor of the Office of Lieutenant Governor to the best of my ability to the best of my ability so help me God. so help me God Ladies and gentlemen, it is now my privilege to introduce the Honorable Brad Little, his wife Teresa, and sons Adam and David, who will sponsor Governor Little for the Office of Governor of the State of Idaho. Chief Justice Bevan, I have the privilege of presenting the Honorable Brad Little, who having been duly elected and qualified, is ready to receive the oath of office 
as governor for the state of Idaho. Governor, please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Brad Little. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And the Constitution of the State of Idaho. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. Of the Office of Governor. Of the Office of Governor. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help, so me, help God. me God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now my distinct pleasure to present the 33rd Governor of the Great State of Idaho, the Honorable Brad Little and First Lady Teresa Little. Now please stand for honors to the Governor of Idaho, the Commander-in-Chief of the Idaho National Guard. Please prepare for a 19-round cannon salute presented by the Idaho Military Museum.
You're watching live coverage of Idaho's 49th inauguration, live from downtown Boise. We just saw a 19-round cannon salute presented by the Idaho Military Museum, and we are about to see a Black Hawk helicopter flyover by the Idaho National Guard. To introduce the First Lady of Idaho, Mrs. Teresa Little. Thank you, General Garshak. The men and women of our Idaho National Guard have prepared with meticulous attention to detail for this weekend. We are grateful. This quote from Native American writer Linda Hogan resonates deeply with me. Suddenly, all my ancestors are behind me. Be still, they say. Watch and listen. You are the result of the love of thousands. Four years ago, my father, Phil Solon, was the most happy and proud person here as he joined us on the platform in celebration. Dad died on October 9th, 2019. There have been many deaths, some exceedingly tragic in the last four years. There has been illness, suffering, uncertainty, and fear. There has also been joy, many triumphs, great accomplishments, quiet satisfaction, and new beginnings. In our lives, granddaughter Lola Elizabeth Little joined brother Jack, sister Josephine, and cousins Henry, Dylan, and Jay. We sincerely hope any pain and grief in your life is softened by much kindness and love. We sincerely hope all happiness and accomplishment is met with humble gratitude. We are here to mark this inaugural moment. As individuals, we will not experience this in the very same way because we come to this day with very different backgrounds. We each have a different knowledge base. We are different ages. Our emotional makeup, life experiences, and beliefs are different. We are filling different roles in these proceedings. We are even seated in different locations or watching from home. May our differences and different perspectives 
work together as we aspire to add light to our world. Not done. <laughs> I brought this candle to represent the light within each of us. Fortunately for you, in the interest of time, we will not act out the whole scenario. However, from the light of my candle, I could light Sue's candle, I could light Nancy's candle, I could light Toby's candle, and on and on. Your candle may also light an endless number. You know, the miracle is our own light is never diminished by sharing. Love is like that. Our beautiful Capitol building located behind me is known as the Capitol of Light. John Turtelot, the original Capitol architect, used light shafts, skylights, and reflective marble surfaces to capture natural sunlight and direct it to the interior space. He said, the great white light of conscience must be allowed to shine and by its interior illumination make clear the path of duty. May you legislators, constitutional officers, staff, and all who enter our capital to engage in work to move Idahoans and Idaho forward in peace and prosperity, do so with integrity, empathy, and kindness. Your descendants, our children and grandchildren, are watching, listening, and learning from you and all of us. I am happy to present our governor, my husband, Brad Little. Thank you very much. Teresa, our family, my fellow constitutional officers, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Pro Tem, Mr. Chief Justice, members of the judiciary, I stand before you incredibly humbled and grateful. The people of Idaho have placed their trust in me for their governor for another four years. It has been the greatest honor of my life to serve you, the people of Idaho, as the 33rd governor of our great state. From the bottom of my heart, first I want to recognize the men and women of the National Guard and echo Teresa's comments. The past few years have highlighted even more the tremendous value of our guardsmen in time of need. These Idahoans sacrifice their safety and time with their families to serve our state and our nation. 
America and Idaho are a better place because of the service rendered by these selfless neighbors and friends. Thank you, Guardsmen, for everything you do to strengthen our state, keep us safe, and protect the values that we hold dear. Idaho is a special place. Yes, Idaho is vast, diverse, and unique in many ways. But it's our people that really sets us apart from every other place. From Boise to Buell, from Cambridge to Coeur d'Alene, from Pocatello to Pierce, and everywhere in between, Idahoans for generations have always stepped up to support their neighbors and improve their communities. When we see a need, we don't idly sit by and let others, or government, find a solution. Whether it's our churches, our schools, our neighborhoods, Idahoans are there for each other. They work hard. They press forward in the face of challenges. And they never lose sight of what's most important. Opportunity, faith, family, and freedom. One of the greatest blessings of being in this job is getting to see the service, the spirit of service play in communities all across Idaho. No matter how much things seem to change around us, and change is inevitable, our Idaho values never seem to drift away from us. Idahoans are still as tough, yet compassionate, self-reliant, yet community-minded, as we were in the early days of our state's history, when Teresa's and my ancestors came well over 125 years ago. Those enduring Idaho values have established the foundation for our incredible success. For the past three decades, I've seen Idaho governors lead with their own take on Idaho values. For Phil Batt, a stalwart Republican, it was about the lightest hand. For Dirk Kempthorne, it was about empowering families and children with better educational opportunities. For Jim Risch, it was not wasting a short but unique chance to put your foot on the gas and make huge advancement in critical issues. And for Butch Otter, it was about wisely navigating a prolonged economic crisis with courage and putting love of Idaho in the forefront of his decisions. For me, it's about learning from them, but it's also about always putting Idaho first. By now you know my goal is to make sure that everyone in Idaho has an opportunity to thrive and that our children and grandchildren will choose to stay and for the ones that left will choose to return. We've had our share of hardships and challenges over the past few years, but I have learned we will reach our goal when we put Idaho first. And focused on what matters well beyond our time here, doubling down on support for school children, supporting our neighbors in need, tax relief, cutting red tape, improving the quality of life while making long-range investments that will stand the test of time. Our enduring Idaho values are also the reason we will continue down 
our path to prosperity. Idaho currently has what by most regarded as the strongest economy in the nation. We will continue to lead in economic resiliency, budget stability, and good government if we continue to put Idaho first. Success builds success, and the people of Idaho has continually demonstrated they want our state to keep getting better. It's just who we are. My first term as governor was re has reinforced the famous saying, it's amazing what you get done when you don't care who gets credit. What we do here is far more important than any one of us. The work we do here will outlive us. With that in mind, I want to sincerely thank the people of Idaho to know that in my second turn, I will lead with integrity, civility, humility, always putting Idaho first. God bless Idaho. God bless America. God bless our children and grandchildren and Idaho's future. Thank you. That was the inauguration of Idaho's statewide constitutional officers live from downtown Boise. I am now joined in studio by former Attorney General and Lieutenant Governor Dave Leroy, as well as Andy Brunel, former staffer for both Governor Cecil Andrus and Secretary of State Pete Senarusa. I wanna start with you and the feelings that are going through these elected officials, the thoughts and feelings that, that they're experiencing right now. What was that like for you being sworn in for the first time? Well, Teresa Little, I think, set it up nicely with a reference to the Native American poet standing in line with history. You know from uh, the angst of a campaign and the success that you achieved that you'll have this opportunity uh, as we saw today, it's a wonderful experience to involve family members, uh, both older and younger. And it's a, a satisfaction that you have a chance to stand in line with history. Uh, maybe a footnote, you may just be a, one name on a list of 40 people, but it's a, a fulfillment of an earnest effort it's an achievement of an opportunity. It's the promise of the chance to put your hands on some portion of the levers of power, uh, but to stand out there in front of a crowd on those capital steps that become always a part of your life uh, is a singular experience. It, it, it really is a beautiful ceremony too. And it's also, it, it's very personal and it's also very public. You know, th this is the public inauguration. These officials were actually sworn in officially on January 2nd. This is for the people, but it's also for the officials, and it gets a, gives them a chance to get their families involved, too, as we saw. That was the one thing that really struck me was witnessing children of the elected officials as the sponsors. Historically, the statewide officials would come in sponsored by a predecessor in office or a uh, uh, political supporter. And we saw none of that today. We saw spouses and children who were the presenters, which is a nice touch. I thought it was really, really lovely too. And they also, um, many or most of them brought their own Bibles to be sworn in on. Well, they did. And interestingly enough, uh, that Bible 
ceremony and tradition uh, relates back uh, many elections and many cycles uh, in national history and in our history. Uh, for instance, uh, Attorney General Labrador told me that the Bible he was using today is his wife's father's Bible, Ted Johnson, a longtime local judge and developer. And when you have an opportunity to put your certificate of election inside that Bible, maybe even inscribe a note that on such and such a date we did this, it becomes an even more treasured family heirloom. A, a treasured family heirloom as, as well as something with interest for Idaho history, as you said, even if you're one of 40 or, or 30 you know, thus far in Idaho history, it's still pretty significant. And, and you actually brought an example of one of, um, a, of a couple different Bibles that were, had been used in the past. Well, at least uh, one very significant one that has a couple of uses. This is a replica of the Abraham Lincoln Bible, a little family Bible, small in size, uh, inscribed in the front uh, with some names and associations that it was used on March the 4th of 1861. Uh, this Bible in its original form, this being merely a replica, was the Lincoln Inauguration Bible, and it was pulled out of the National Archives by President Obama and used in his inauguration. So these kinds of treasures are national but, uh, and, and state historical, but also certainly of great family significance. And you have uh, another one from Idaho specifically. Well, uh, a couple of uh, references to Idaho, but this is not a Bible, but we did have a first today. Uh, for instance, last inaugural period, we had a first in that we had a first woman lieutenant governor in Janice McGeehan. Uh, today, we set a national standard once again. Uh, this document uh, is an old book uh, from the 1920s, but signed by Moses Alexander. And uh, he also took the trouble, or the owner of the book did, to put the old state seal in there. Uh, Moses Alexander was the first Jewish governor elected uh, in the United States. Not just in Idaho, but in the entire country. In the United country. States in right. 1914. And though it wasn't trumpeted on our steps today, uh, we had another national first. Uh, Raul Labrador is Puerto Rican born, and he becomes the first Puerto Rican born state official anywhere in the United States uh, to accept office. So once again, linking that very personal history to state and national history. Um, I, I'm curious, you have served under, um, you know, as a staffer for both Secretary of State Sinarusa, for Governor Andrus, um, as the power has shifted between parties in the state, um, you know, from Democrat, more 50-50 split to more heavily Republican. In times of inaugurations, how easy is it to set aside those political differences and really focus on the ceremony and, and what these officials have been elected to do for the people of the, the state? Uh, well, Melissa, I remember the inauguration in 1979, Pete Senarusa being re-inaugurated re uh, for his additional term as Secretary of State. Uh, but it was a big deal where uh, John Evans uh, was being, uh, he had taken office and had served for two years, but it was his first election. And uh, that same day, which you would have been inaugurated um, as Attorney General that day. But it was a, a, a big coming together for 
the uh, officials on that day in 1979. Um, what I remember from 1991, uh, what might be a little bit different is, one, the weather was a lot worse. It was 19 degrees out, and so C. Sandris kept things short, and it was over in 40 minutes or so. Um, but it was a continuation where he was moving into his fourth term, where it was more with uh, some changes where Larry Echohawk uh, was taking office for the first time. As but it was attorney general. As attorney general, that it was uh, more of a continuation of the work and the day-to-day -day work. And so the inauguration there may have been a little bit less, I would say, uh, significant from the family and the coming together, but more just uh, continuing the work. And what I remember in the office at that time with Governor Andrus was the inaugural address, the inaugural activities being additional work and staff time in addition to preparing the state of the state, in, in addition to the state budget message and preparing the executive budget for the legislative session. And I think today there's maybe a little bit of an element in that that we heard from Governor Little. He's coming back for his second term and he doubled down on much of his uh, agenda that he mentioned in his first inaugural four years ago. The investment in education and children and uh, looking at reg regulatory red tape. So there's a more business aspect I think that you see in some of today's themes as well. He's, he's also coming off of not just victories in the primary and general election, but also that advisory vote that we saw on the November ballot that reaffirmed strong support. More than 80% of voters said, we support your agenda when it comes to income tax and education spending. Um, you know, that said, there were some hard-fought primaries and a couple general election races. In your experience, how, is, how easy is it to come together and work as a team um, after those hard-fought elections? Well, it is possible and it is necessary, frankly, in the public interest. Uh, I was elected lieutenant governor and we had John Evans, a Democrat, elected as governor so I approached the governor uh, the first day we were in office by going down, making an appointment, giving him a list of 10 or 12 things that I wished to do as lieutenant governor if we would work out some uh, activities back and forth between the two offices. The governor wasn't too interested in my list to start with, but as it got closer and closer and closer to the time that he was going to leave the state and leave me in charge as acting governor the first time, uh, we got uh, very interested in that list and he ended up giving me 10 or 12 of the things that I wanted. But I'm interested also in the timing of this ceremony today. As we know, they were officially sworn in earlier and have been in office uh, several days. Uh, we've learned, you've learned, for instance, as have I, that many of the officials have already met together and talked about putting behind them those problems of campaign rhetoric and working together effectively, particularly the governor and the attorney general, that's very significant and very promising. And the attorney, uh, attorney general, Labrador, of course, faced Governor Little four and a half years ago in a contentious primary for governor, which of course, Brad Little won. Uh, you know, the, the governor that you served under also had a Republican lieutenant governor. You know, ultimately, you know, Governor Andrus was still able to accomplish a lot of his agenda, as was Governor Evans. 
how important is it to have the lieutenant governor and the attorney general and the governor on the same page? It's important that they have a good working relationship and that can uh, transcend partisanship and policy emphasis. Um, it has to be one where they have the right personalities to, to work together and cease in his time as governor had Butch uh, as lieutenant governor and uh, they worked together rather well. Um, in fact, I remember as a staffer maybe feeling a little more um, hard charging that there would be a difference between the governor and the lieutenant governor, but I was less aware of the fact that uh, those two men were close friends through the time. So and we've heard that, a lot about that over yeah. the years from Governor Otter. I also remember um, the relationship with uh, uh, Attorney General Jim Jones in Andrus's third term, uh, where Jones may have been looking at running uh, the idea of running for governor in 1990, and so I think that the relationship there may be not as functional um, as it could have been. Um, and certainly, uh, we still did a lot of work with the Attorney General's office um, on a lot of important issues like the Snake River adjudication and uh, nuclear waste issues and Snake River salmon issues and all those kind of things. And to be fair, even when Larry Echohawk came in as Attorney General in Andrus's fourth term, uh, we didn't always see eye to eye with the Attorney General on some issues there. Now they were the same political party, both Democrats. Uh, but the Attorney General and the Governor need to have that working relationship and respect one another's roles. Well, we certainly saw that with uh, Governor Otter and Attorney General Wasden, too, over the past 10 years. Um, Bedke, uh, Lieutenant Governor Scott Bedke and Governor Little haven't always seen eye to eye either, especially um, during the pandemic. And both the First Lady, Teresa Little, and Governor Little alluded to the pandemic in the speeches toward the end of the ceremony, not directly naming it, but saying, we've seen some tough times over the past few years. Um, how do you think the next four years are going to be different after the, the past three years of, of some pretty intense difficulties for, for the state and the nation? Well, I see uh, the opportunity to make some strides in chosen directions rather than being on defense uh, merely responding to unknown uh, plagues, uh, problems, uh, mandates, mandates not to have mandates, uh, all of that very significantly diverted us from the opportunity to get out ahead of the growth that we're experiencing here in Idaho and make sure that we're addressing highway issues, addressing school, -ish, school structure issues, all of the kinds of things that would be on the wish list if you were going to stay up with and correctly anticipate the future. Uh, we've seen cities like uh, Seattle and Portland have a lot of problems uh, in recent history, and we need to make sure our central city, Boise, doesn't go that direction. We've seen people fleeing from some states because of taxes uh, being too high, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got an opportunity, I think, to set our own priorities, set our own policy agendas, and sweep aside all of the difficulties that have been forced upon us by biology and everything else. We, we have just a short amount of time mm -hmm. left, but what do you expect to see from Governor Little in his second term and how different do you think that will be from his first? Well, he won't have the pandemic as an issue uh, front and center, but he will be recovering some of the uh, issues that came up during the pandemic. And Idaho was a redoubt 
a place where people moved to during the pandemic, and we are still dealing with issues there with uh, one area that I focus on in my Forest Service career was with outdoor recreation. And the public lands are overrun, and people were encouraged to enjoy the outdoors as a way to get through the pandemic. And now we have a lot of work to do to make sure that we have the capacity on our public lands to handle uh, what this beautiful state that people want to visit, whether it's in the Sawtooth National Recreation Area or up in the Panhandle with the large lakes and all the people who come over from Spokane uh, from out of state to enjoy our public lands too. And so that's a, a challenge, maybe a small challenge, but one I think the governor may have some time to focus on this time. One of the things that we heard yesterday from Speaker Mike Moyle is that it's harder to govern and set budgets sometimes in times of prosperity because you have more money to fight over, more resources to fight over. Uh, but we will certainly have a lot to watch over the next few months. Uh, Dave Leroy, Andrew Brunel, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for watching Idaho Reports. We'll have much more during our regular airtime at 8 p.m. tonight. Idaho Public Television, we hope to see you then. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.